0: Hmm. Recorded live.
1: Oh, it's Mike again. <clears> That's <throat> the truth. My journey to find it. And it's still Thanksgiving. And it's still 11-24, allegedly 2016. Donald Trump, Wall Street Journal. Not that you can rely on that about. And the mob. His real estate developments in Atlantic City and in New York brought the GOP nominee into regular contact with people who it had ties with, the, with organized crime. He says he's the cleanest guy there is. I mean, we'll... Donald Trump's real estate developments in the Atlantic City and New York City led him to deal with members of the organized crime and people like the late Robert Butty, a racehorse trader and gambler, uh, lost each Journal's Michael Ruffield joins lunch break to discuss photo. We got and you know, we learned earlier that the person uh, uh, and Rufffield feel they're going to play their little mind game with us. But let's just learn about their mind game here. And um, in 1981, a young and ambitious Donald Trump. Sat down with federal agents and discussed his calculations. In entering the mob-infested world of Atlantic City casino, he acknowledged that it might tarnish the reputation of his family built through traditional real estate development in New York. He was aware of the business partner in New Jersey beach town known people who might be unsavory. A federal Bureau Investigation agent advised Mr. Trump there were easier ways he could invest, said the FBI memo recounting the discussion. Mr. Trump, Trump went ahead with and built the Atlantic City Casino, ultimately owning four there, as well as the New York real estate work. Mr. Trump now, on they become the Republican nominee for president sometimes, dealt with people who had ties with organized crime. while to see journal and examination of his career, career shows. They, for some reason, he keeps showing the freaking
0: Mormon guy, Mitt Romney.
1: They included a man described by law enforcement as an agent of the Philadelphia mob, a gambler convicted of tax fraud and barred from New York racetrack, a union leader found guilty of racketeering, and a real estate developer convinced of a stock scam that involved several mafiosi. What very mafiosi. With one exception... These associations were long ago. Still, in the home stretch, Mr. Donald Trump's run for presidency, he cites his lucrative business career as a qualification for the national house office. And his past association associates color of that record. Mr. Trump acknowledged that the interview. in an interview, he worked at times with people who might have had ties but said he either had only cursory relationships with them or wasn't aware of the ties at the time. If people were like me, there would be no mob because I don't play that game, Mr. Trump said. He called himself the cleanest guy there is. Like many of the uh, construction, real estate, and gambling world, Three or four decades ago, especially those who built the Atlantic City in New York, Mr. Trump sometimes had to close close had to choose whether or not to deal with figures who had sketchy backgrounds. People in the industry say that the those moments were unavoidable in the days when the union representing construction workers and supply deliverers were controlled by organized crime, which also had a presence in the casino world. They did not mean that the developers sought out those relationships. Uh Uh-huh. Much less that they themselves were gangsters. Mr. Trump wasn't going to build the Trump Tower without having those connections. Every builder in New York had to do that at that time, Michael Cody, son of a mob-linked union leader, Mr. Trump, and other builders dealt with. You know, we're not going to get the full story, we're just going to get a a slight, light sketch, thanks to Wall Street. Some developers avoided working directly with unsavory figures by operating through a general contractor, Mr. Trump said he preferred to negotiate business matters personally because he made more money that way. Referring to a concrete contracting firm, to a concrete contracting firm, that law enforcement said was affiliated with one of the New York's mafia families, Mr. Minister didn't mention the names. Mr. Trump said that was a major contractor. You hear stories that they may have been mob controlled. In the meantime, I was a builder in quotes and I was never going to run for office. Does that I go I'd go by the lowest bid and I'd go by their track record, but I did not do a personal history of who they are. Many of the associations of the journal explored have been previously reported piecemeal. In the early 1990s, Mr. Trump's license to operate casinos in Atlantic City was re-examined after a book by reporter Wayne Barrett alleged a number of the organized crime connections. New Jersey officials determined Mr. Trump remained eligible. In its own examination, the journal reviewed thousands of pages of legal and corporate documents and interviewed dozens of Mr. Trump's business associates. The gambling business now is largely corporate, That, but At the time when Atlantic City was newly opened to casinos, a family friend suggested Mr. Mr. Trump uh, build their many banks, shun the industry. Any project in the gaming arena in general is a difficult project to finance because of the natural prohibition that a lot of institutions have. Mr. Trump Told the Jersey Casino Regulator Regulators in 1982, <clears throat> uh, some of the people who he dealt with in the Atlantic City illustrate why the F.B.A. agent consulted caution. Kenneth Shapiro owned part of the of a site where Mr. Trump wanted to build his first casino. Mr. Shapiro was a field Philadelphia scrap metal dealer and property investor, described by law enforcement as an agent, in quotes, of Philadelphia mob boss Nicodomo, quote, Little Nicky, in a quote, scarful.
0: A co-worker of the site
1: was Daniel Savilla, S- 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 Sullivan, a Gregorious six foot five teamster and labor consultant with a criminal record that included weapon and violation. He knew a lot of the organized crime figures and they knew him. Said Walter Stowe, a former FBI agent FBI agent. Mr. Sullivan also was a tipster to the FBI. Gangsters quote No knew he was an informant don't know why nobody never tried to kill him and quotes Mr. Stowe said uh, Mr. Trump negotiated with uh, Messrs Shapiro and Sullivan now both dead at least their property quote they are not bad people from what I see in quote Mr. Trump said at the regulatory hearing in nineteen eighty two his project nonetheless faced obstacles because of their involvement. Mr. Sullivan, Mr. Trump, and another partner had a deal to acquire and an interest in a drywall company. New Jersey casino regulators told Mr. Trump any dealing with Mr. Sullivan beyond the property lease could delay casino licensing be backed out of the drywall deal. When the hotel casino was near completion. The regulator said Messer, I, I guess is how you pronounce it, Messers, said Ship, Shapiro and Sullivan might need casino license to as site owners, but could have trouble getting them. Eventually, Mr. Trump bought the two out. mister Trump also used mister Sullivan as an advisor on New York labor issues. These included a nineteen eighty dispute over the use of undocumented Polish workers to demolish the Bodwit Teller store on Fifth Avenue to make way for Trump Tower. mister Sullivan said a lawsuit testimony said in a lawsuit testimony mister Trump and a testimony of his own said he didn't know there were undocumented workers at the site. Mr. Trump told the Journal he knew Mr. Sullivan and considered him okay, an okay guy, because he traveled with the FBI agents. He said he did not know of any underworld connection Mr. Shapiro might have had. Mr. Shapiro was a conduit to Scarfo crime family used by influence with Atlantic City then-Mayor Michael J. Matthews. According to a 1984 indictment of the mayor, the late Mr. Mail plead guilty to extortion. Scarfo, now in prison, did not agree to an interview. Mr. Trump, as the casino owner, could not legally contribute to the local politicians who control such matters as zoning and signs. Mr. Shapiro told the federal grand jury he secretly gave thousands of dollars to the mayor on Mr. Trump's behalf and said people familiar with his account. Quote, Donald was always trying to maneuver politically to get things done. And, quote, Mr. Shapiro's brother, Barry Shapiro. Kenneth Shapiro said he never was reimbursed for the money given to the mayor. According to his brother and two other people, quote, Donald was reneged, just reneged. That's his automatic thing, and, quote, Barry Shapiro said. Asked about this, Mr. Trump said he didn't make a contribution to La Atlantic City Mayor. Quote, I am not interested in giving cash, okay? The last thing I'm doing is now handing cash. As for Mr. Shapiro, quote, I never remembered him asking me for money. He was always straight with me. I don't know Shapiro well other than to know that we did a pretty small thing. Land transaction done in Atlantic City, which was fine, in a quote. A major profit source on one Trump casino was a racehorse trader named Robert Lapati. His gambling losses earned Trump Plaza, $11 million between 1968 and 1989, state document show. Mr. Labuti had been convicted of tax fraud related to the horse tr- horse sales in 1977 and was barred from attending race, races in New York for trying to conceal his horse ownership. Trump employee told New Jersey regulators that Mr. Laputi repeatedly invoked the name of gangster John Gotti and called him, quote, my boss, and according to a 1991 state investigative report. Laputi was a high roller in Atlantic City, Mr. Trump said in an interview. I found him to be a nice guy, but I had nothing to do with him. And Nicole. Jack O'Donnell who ran Trump Plaza in the late 1980s, said, quote, It isn't like Mr. Trump saw Labuti once or twice. He spent time with him, saw him multiple times, and even attended a birthday party for Mr. Labuti's daughter. The daughter declined to be interviewed, but confirmed to Yahoo News that Mr. Trump attended a birthday party for her. It was illegal in New Jersey for casinos to keep high rollers happy by giving them cash gifts. Regulators, in a ruling that did not cite Mr. Trump personally, fined Ms. Trump Plaza for funneling Mr. Labuti's $1.65 million via gifts of expensive cars quickly converted into cash. Mr. Trump agreed in 1988 to buy a horse. Mr. from Mr. Labuti for $250,000. mister O'Donnell said in a book he wrote after quitting Trump Plaza, the horse named D.J. Trump had cost the Labuti family just 90000 a year earlier. According to Blood Horse magazine, Mr. O'Donnell said Mr. Trump aborted the deal after the horse had a health problem. Mr. Trump didn't respond to the question about the horse and the birthday party. Mr. Labouti, who died in 2014, denied to casino, casino regulators that he had links to organized crime. Former legal help, Mr. Trump, often took Roy Kahn, as we learned yesterday. Seen here, right, in 19. 19- 84, and also his mentor. A lawyer Mr. Trump relied on and socialized with in his early years was the hard driving attorney, Mr. Roy Kahn. Among Kahn's clients were several gangsters, including Antony, quote, Fat Tony, and a quote, Salarno, co owner of a construction company imported to New York Builders former Trump organization executive Barbara Ress said that during heated negotiations with contractors, Mr. Trump would pull out a photo of Mr. Khan and said, I am not afraid to sue you, and this is who my lawyer is. Mr. Trump called that, quote, totally false, end quote. He said that people in the construction industry don't, quote, don't get scared by holding up a picture, end quote. Mr. Trump was a character witness for Mr. Kahn in proceedings that led to the lawyer's disbarment shortly before his death in 1986. Mr. Kahn had many clients who, like Mr. Trump, weren't mom affiliates such as the late Yankee owner George Steinbrenner. Quote, Roy was a great lawyer if he wanted to be in a quote, Mr. Trump said in an interview. Uh, a Messrs. con... And Trump had a common associate in Teamster official, John A. Cody. Mr. Cody had a lengthy arrest record and was close to mob bosses Carlo Gambino and Paul Castellano. According to the Justice Department memo-, memo from 1982, when Cody was convicted of racketeering, Mr. Cody led a powerful union, local, that represented drivers who delivered cement to New York construction sites. When he called a strike, Mr. Trump still received cement for Trump Tower and said Mr. Cody's son, Michael, said Mr. Cody's son, Michael, quote, My father wasn't that generous unless there was a reason, Michael Cody said referring to my John Cody, Mr Trump said, quote, part of the reason I got my concrete was I didn't put up with his ball, end of quote. Mr Trump said that he would bring a private cement deliver. Would bring in private cement deliverers or threaten to. The Teamster people, quote, knew I didn't play games. When I said, Okay, I'm going private Ten minutes later I had a, I get a phone call saying, Well, all right. We're going to approve you. It's settled. End of quote. Mr. Cody was quote truly a bad dude, and quote Mr Trump said. Quote, I employed a lot of teamsters and the, uh, guy, this guy would absolutely make life miserable and I would fight through it. Many developers in New York had to deal with Mr. Cody to get cement. Mr. Trump said they'd all hated him. John Cody is dead, as are Messrs. Gambino and Castellano. 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 I can't say it now. Castellano. He's got a picture here of Mr. Trump with Bay Rock groups, Far, Afar, and 2007 lunch party at Trump Soho Condo Hotel. Photo. Okay. In the, <clears throat> in the 2000s, Mr. Trump dealt with another figure who had gangling ties. It happened when a small real estate firm called Bayrock Group rented space in Trump Tower two floors below Mr. Trump's office and negotiated a deal with Mr. Trump to put his name on buildings and give him equity in it. And them. one person Mr. Trump worked with at Bayrock was Felix Setter. In the early 1990s, well before Mr. Trump knew him, the Russian-born Mr. Satter was a stockbroker, but lost his license and went to prison after he jabbed a margarita glass into the f- a man's face at a bar fight. Later in 1990s, Mr. Satar was involved in a mafia linked game to pump up marginal stocks, dump them on unsuspecting investors, and stash the profits abroad. The scam relied on gangsters from three mob families for protection, said a Justice Department news release. It quoted the New York Police Commissioner at the time as saying the operation could have been called the Goodfellas meet the boiler room, end a quote. Mr. Sattar pleaded guilty in racketeering, cooperated with the prosecutors, and had his conviction sealed. It was then, around 2000, that he joined Bayrock and sometimes dealt with Mr. Trump on real estate. Bayrock's projects included the Trump Soho condos in New York. And Trump International Hotel and Tower in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Its marketing and um, and Fort Lauderdale, including a letter which Mr. Trump said, "quote This magnificent oceanfront resort offers the finest and most luxurious experience I have ever created." End quote. The New York Times described Mr. Satura's criminal history in an article in 2007, Mr. Trump giving an account, a court disp- uh, deposition days later. He was unaware of it until then. Two federal press releases in 2000 had referred to Mr. Sator's past, one from the National Association of Securities Dealers and one from the Justice Department. The Justice Department won one announcement and indictment of nineteen people in the pump and dump Scott, stock scheme, mister Satters was part of it, including several and it identified as members of the Lacosa La, La Cosa Nostra Lacosa Nostra Nostra. Accusa Nostra. The Justice Department release said that the Genovese crime family soldier Ernest the Butcher, Montevici, had produced Mr. Satar from an extortion effort. Mr. Montevici declined to comment. 19, in 2009 court proceeding, Mr. Sattar described the Bayrock real estate business, which is no longer active, as one he, quote, built with his own two hands, in a quote, and where he was probably the number two person. In an interview, Mr. Sattar said that he had atoned for his crimes by cooperating with the government in the pump and dump case and on national security matters. He declined to answer questions about Mr. Trump. Alan Garton, Alan General Counsel of the Trump Organization, said that in business deals, the organization vets a personal company and its ownership, but not the company's employees, which Mr. Satcher was. He added that since Mr. Satter's racketeering conviction was sealed, it would be unfair to quote go back and say, "Well, you should have known." In the quote, in 2010, well after Mr. Trump was learned had learned of Mr. Satter's criminal background, the Trump Organization allowed Mr. Satter to be an unpaid accounts consultant with space in Trump Organization offices and business cards calling him a senior advisor to Donald Trump, in a quote. In our interview, Mr. Trump said, uh, quote, I just said, hey, if you have a good deal, bring it up, In the quote. He actually brought me, another quote, two deals, and I didn't like them, I quote. Mr. Trump said the satire appears meek and mild, and Mr. Trump said, didn't see him as being, connected to the mob. Dealing with gangsters is, quote, not my thing, and a quote he said. Quote, when you have those relationships, in the end you lose, Mr. Trump said. You can solve some problems short-term, but long-term. you you got a disaster. Lisa Schwartz and Jim Olbermann contributed to this article. So, because a guy that is connected with the mob, the Jewish mob and the Italian mob, connected with the Jesuits, which is unlogical because we're talking about the power structure and the power base of this country. So, to say that he's not an insider is foolish. To think that he, of all people, is going to change anything for real Nah. Why would he? He's got too much at stake. What does that have anything to do with the parousia? Well, we're going to go back into time, into the New Testament era. Once again, we're Rome... And Jews and Israelites, the Hebrews having their thing, this unholy alliance, if you haven't figured out between Rome, the Roman elite, the black nobility, and the rabbis, the Jesuits, and the practitioners. <clears throat> these religions, whether it's Islam, uh uh Roman um, Catholicism, uh Judaism, have an unholy alliance. And that's the world we live in. And we also potentially have here a huge conspiracy going on with our with Christianity as a whole. The resurrection, the judgment, and the last day. John 6.39 This is the Father. This is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. And then it's John uh, 6.40 I will raise him up in the last day. In John 6.44, I will raise him up in the last day. And John 46:44, I will raise him up in the last day. And John 4.24, he shall rise again in the last day at the last resurrection. And John 7.48, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. We have these passages, I know I've read this, but I'm going to read it again. Another new phrase in connection with the approaching consummation, which is particular to the fourth gospel. We never find the synoptics, the expression, the last day, although we do find in its equivalent that day. And, quote, the day of judgment, end of quote. It cannot be doubled or doubled. it cannot be doubted that these expressions are synonymous and refer to the same period. But we have already seen that the judgment is contemporaneous with the quote, end of the age, end of quote. and we infer that the quote last day end of quote is only another form of the expression of quote at the end of the age or eight. A- and um, quote. The parousia is also is constantly re- represented as coinc, co- as coincide and point, or coincident, coincide in, not saying it right, coinc, coincident and point of time with the, quote, end of age, end of quote, so that all these great events the parousia, the resurrection of the dead, the judgment, the last day, are contemporaneous. Since then, the end of the age is not, as is generally imagined, the end of the world or the total destruction of the earth, but the close of the Jewish economy. And since our Lord himself distinctly and frequently places that the events within the limits of the existing generation we conclude that the parousia, the resurrection, the judgment, the last day all belong to a period of the destruction of Jerusalem. However, startling and such a conclusion may at first sight appear, it is what the teachings of the New Testaments are absolutely committed to. As we advance and this inquiry we should find the evidence in support of is accumulating of it accumulating to such a degree as to be irresistible we shall meet with such expressions as quote the last times and quote and the last days in quotes and the last hour in quotes eventually denoting the same period as quote the last days in the quote yet spoken of as being not far off even as already come meanwhile we can only ask the reader to reserve his judgment calmly and impartially to weigh the evidence derive not from human authority but from the word of inspiration itself the judgment of this world and of the Prince of this world john twelve thirty one now is the judgment of this world, and now shall the Prince of this world be cast out End of quote. and john uh, sixteen eleven of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. it is usual to explain these words as meaning that a great crisis in spiritual history of the word was now at hand, that the death of Christ upon the cross was the turning point, so to speak, of the great conflict between good and evil, between the living and true God and the false usurping God of this world that the result of Christ's death would be the ultimate overthrow of Satan's power and the final establishment of the kingdom of truth and righteousness on the ruins of Satan's empire. No doubt there is a much important truth in this explanation, but it fails to satisfy all the requirements of the very distinct and emphatic language of our Lord with respect to nearness and completeness of the event to which he refers, quote, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, end of quote. It is not enough to say that to the prophetic foresight of our Savior, the distant future was as if it were present nor that by his approaching death the judgment of the world and the expulsion of Satan would be virtually secured and might therefore be regarded as accomplished facts. Nor is it enough to say that from the moment when the great sacrifice of the cross was offered, the power and influence of Satan began to ebb and most continually decreased It must continually decrease until it is finally annihilated. The language of our Lord manifestly points to a great and final judicial transaction, which was soon to take place. But judgment is an act which can hardly be conceived as extending over an indefinite period. Especially when it is restricted by the word "now" to a distant and in, uh, imminent point of time, the phrase quote, "casts out" the quote, also is evidently an allusion to the expulsion of, the dra- the, of a demon from a body possessed by an unclean spirit. But this suggests and a sudden and violent and almost instantaneous act, and not a gradual and protracted process. No figure could be less appropriate to describe the slow ebbing and ultimate exhaustion of satanic power than the casting out of a demon, that of a demon. We are... Compelled, therefore, to set aside the explanation which makes our Lord's words refer to a judgment which, after the lapse of many ages, is still going on, or to an expulsion of Satan which has not yet been effected. He would not speak of a judgment which was not to take place for thousands of years as, quote, now and, quote, nor of a, quote, casting out, end the quote, of Satan as immediate, immediate or excuse me, eminent, which was to be the result of a slow and protracted process. We conclude, then, that when our Lord said, quote, now is the judgment of this world, end the quote, or the age, or the, <clears throat> or the, the Jewish... Well, um, yeah.
0: He had reference
1: to an event which was near in a sense immediate. And that is to say he had in view that great catastrophe which seems to have been scarcely ever uh, absent from his thoughts. The solemn judicial sanctification transaction when, quote, the Son of Man was to sit upon the throne of His glory, end quote, the great, quote, harvest, end quote, the end of the age, when the angel reaps where to, quote, gather out, where to, quote, gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and then to them, and them that do iniquity and If it, if it be objected to this, that the word Greek world is too comprehensive to be restricted to one land, one nation, it may be replied to. Ko- uh, I don't know. It's uh, the Greek word is implied here, as in some other passages, especially in the writings of Saint John, rather in an ethical sense than as geographical expression. See John Roman numeral seven, verse seven, and then Roman numeral eight verse 23, 1 John Roman numeral 2, 15, and Roman numeral 5, 14. But it may be said how could this judgment of Israel be spoken of as, quote, now and the quote any more than a judgment which is still in the, in the future. Forty years hence is no more now than for 4,000 years. To this it may be replied that event was now imminent, which more than any other would precipitate the day of doom for Israel. The crucifixion of Christ was the climax of crime, the culminating acts of apostasy and guilt which... Kilt which filled the cup of wrath and sealed the fate of that wicked generation. And that wicked generation is a quote. The interval between the crucifixion of Christ and the destruction of Jerusalem was only in the brief space between the passing of the sentence and the execution of the crime. Just as our Lord. When quitting, or yeah, quitting the temple for, or quitting the temple for the last time, exclaimed, or it is, I guess, it's quitting the temple for the last time, exclaimed, "Behold!" In quotes, "Behold, your house is left unto you desolate." End of quote. Though its desolation did not actually take place till nearly forty years after, so he might say, quote now the judgment of the world, though a like space of time would elapse between the utterance and the accomplishment of his words. In like manner, the casting out of the prince of the world is represented as a coincidence with the judgment of this world and both are manifestly the result of the death of Christ. But how can it be said that Satan was cast out at this period, refers to as the judgment at the close of the age. That even that event marked the great epoch of the divine administration. It was the inauguration of a new order of things. The, quote, coming of the kingdom of God, end of quote, in a, in a high and special sense when the 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 peculiar relationship subsisting between Jehovah and Israel was dissolved, and he became known as the God and Father of the whole human race. Thenceforth, Satan was no longer to be the God of this world, but the Most High was to take the kingdom for himself. This revolution was effected by the atoning death of Christ upon the cross. Which is declared to be the reconciliation of all things unto God, whether things whether they be things in earth or things in heaven Colossians uh, one chapter one twenty or, or but the formal inauguration of the two order of the new order is represented. As taking place at quote, the end of the age end quote, the period when quote, the kingdom of God was to come with power end quote. the Son of man was to sit as judge end quote, on the throne of his glory, end quote. what then could be more appropriate than the quote, casting out end quote of the prince of this world, at the period when his, king, his kingdom, quote, this world, end of quote, was judged. It may be objected that if any such event as the casting out of Satan did then take place, it ought to be marked by some very palpable diminution. Of the power of the devil over man. The objective is reasonable and it may be met by an assertion that such evidence of the abatement of satanic influence in the world does exist. The history of our Savior's own time furnished abundant proof of the exercise of a power over the souls and bodies of men then possessed by Satan which happily, happily, and unknown, which happily is unknown, in our days, the mysterious influence called demonical possession in quote, is always ascribed in influence is always ascribed in scripture to satanic agency. It was one of the credentials of the Lord's divine commission to He by the finger of God, cast out devils in the globe. At at what period did the subjugation of men to demonical power cease to be manifest? It was common in our Lord's day. It continued during the age of the Continued in the age of the apostles, for we have many illusions of their casting out unclean spirits. But we have no evidence that they continued that (laughs) continued... Excuse me.
0: Okay, here we go. At
1: what period did the subjugation of man to demonical, demon, uh, de, demonical power cease to be manifest? It was common in our Lord's day. It continued during the age of the apostles, for we have many illusions of their casting out unclean spirits. But we have no evidence that it continued to exist in the post-apolistic, apostolic ages. The phenomenon has so completely disappeared that to many its former existence is incredible and they resolve it into a popular superstition or an unscientific theory of mental illness an explanation totally unca- incompatible with the representation of the New Testament. It is worthy to remark that our Lord, on the previous occasion, made a declaration closing resembling, most resembling to the now under consideration. When the 70 disciples returned from their evangel- evangelist mission, they reported with exultation their success in casting out demons through the name of their master. Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through thy name. Luke 10:17. 17. In his reply, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as a lightning falling from heaven, an expression nearly equivalent to the words, and now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And now, which nader makes the following suggestive remarks, Quote, as Christ had previously designated uh, dis, um designated the cure of demonic woe wrought the cure of demoniacs wrought by himself as a sign of the kingdom of God had come unto the earth, so now he considered what the disciples reported as a token of the conquering power of the kingdom, before which every evil thing must yield. Quote, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven, end of quote, i.e. Uh, from the pinnacle of power, which he had thus far held among men. Before the uh, intuitive glance of his spirit lay open the result, which were to flow from his redemptive work after his association into heaven, he saw in spirit the kingdom of God advancing in triumph over the kingdom of Satan. He does not say, quote, "I see now end of quote, but." I saw it. He saw it before the disciples brought their report to their accomplished wonders. While they were doing these isolated works, he saw the one great work, of which theirs were only particular individual signs the victory over the mighty power of. Evil, which had ruled mankind completely, achieved. And quote, in comparing these two remarkable sayings of our Lord, there are three points to deserve particular notice. One, they are both uttered on occasions when the approaching triumph of His cause was vividly brought before Him. Two, in both the casting out of Satan is represented as an accomplished fact. Three, in both, it is regarded as a swift and summary act, not a slow and protracted process. In the one case, Satan falls as lightning from heaven, end of quote, and the other he is, quote, cast out, end of quote, as an unclean spirit from a, a, a demon demon, demon, demon. Demoniac. demoniac demoniac excuse me and nader therefore has somewhat missed the real point of the expression in his otherwise admirable remarks. We think the words plainly point to a great judicial transaction taking place at a particular point of time that time very near, and as the consequence and result of the Savior's death upon the cross, such a transaction, such a period, we can find only in the great catastrophe so vividly depicted by our Lord in His prophetic discourse. We can therefore have no hesitation in understanding His words to refer to the uh, uh, memorable event. No other explanation satisfies the requirements of the Declaration. And, quote, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, end of quote. And he's cast out of there, cast into our world, wasn't he? (laughs) Christ return and Perusia speedy. John
0: It's hard to believe I'm only on that page.
1: <laughs> John ten sixteen three and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto your to myself. In John Roman 11, sixteen eighteen. I will not leave you leave you orphans, I will come to you. In John uh, fourteen twenty eight, I go away and come again unto you. In John uh, sixteen sixteen, a little while ye, ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me because I go to the Father. In John um, sixteen twenty two, I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. Simple as these words may seem, they have occasioned great perplexity to commentators. Their very simplicity may be the chief cause of their difficulty. For it is so hard to believe that they mean what they seem to say. It has been supposed that our Lord refers in some of the passages to his approaching, departure from the earth, and his final return at the end of all things, the consummation of human history, and that in the other he refers to his temporary absence from his disciples during the interval between His crucifixion and His resurrection. A careful examination of our Lord's allusions to His departure and His coming again will satisfy every intelligent reader that His, quote, coming, end quote, or coming again, end quote, always refers to one particular event and one particular period. No event is more distinctly marked In the New Testament, then the parousia, the, quote, second coming, and the quote of the Lord. It is always spoken of as an act and not a process. The great and auspicious event and, quote, blessed hope, and, quote, easily anticipated by his disciples and confidently believed to be at hand, the apostles and the early believers knew nothing of uh, The parousia spread over a vast and indefinite period of time, nor of several, quote, coming and, quote, all distinct and separate from one another, but, uh, but of only one coming, the parousia, the glorious appearing of the great God, even our Savior Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 2, 13, verse 13. If anything is clearly written in the scriptures, it is this. It is therefore with astonishment that we read the comments of Dean Alford on our Lord's words in John uh, 14.3. Quote, The coming again of the Lord is not one single act, as his resurrection or of descent of the spirit or his second personal advent or the final coming of the judgment but the great complex of all these the result of which shall be his taking his people to himself to where he is this uh, Greek words Greek word is begun in verse eighteen and his resurrection carried on verse twenty three and the spiritual life making them ready for the place prepared, further advanced when each is each by death is fetched away to be with him. So let's see. Philippians one twenty three, fully completed at his coming in glory, when they shall ever be with him. First Thessalonians chapter four seventeen, and perfected resurrection state. In quote, this is all evolved out of a single word, and has got the, the, the Greek word here. But if the Greek word has such a variety and complexity of meaning, why not the Greek word and the Greek word? Why not the, the going away has as many parts and processes as the coming away, coming again? In the quote? It may be asked, likewise, how could the disciples have understood our Lord's language? if it had such a, quote, great complex and a, quote, of meaning. How, or how can plain men be expected ever to come to the apprehension of Scripture if the simplest expressions are so intricate and bewildering? This comment is not conceived in the spirit of lucid English common sense, but in the mystical jargon of laying and sit sitar. What can be more plain than that the, uh, quote, coming again, end of quote, is as definite as the act of the, quote, going away, end of quote. <clears throat> can only refer to that one coming which is the great prophecy and promise of the New Testament, the parousia, that this event was not to be long deferred is evident from the language in which it is announced. And they've got the Greek word, I am coming. The whole tenor of our Lord's address supposes that the separation between his disciples and himself is to be brief and their reunion speedy and perpetual, why does he go away to prepare a place for them? Is it then not yet prepared? Has he not yet received them to himself? Are they not yet where he is? If the parousia be still in the future, these hopes are still fulfilled. That this uh, uh, anticipated return and reunion was not a far-off event, many centuries distant, but one that was at hand is shown in subsequent references made to it by our Lord quote a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see me because i go to the father john 16:16 uh, 16, 16. he was soon to leave them but it was not forever nor for long quote a little while a few short years their sorrows and separation would be at an end. For I will see you again, and your hearts shall rejoice. and your joy no man taketh from you. Chapter 16-22 uh, It will be observed that our Lord does not say that death will reunite them, but his coming to them. That coming, therefore, could not be distant that it is to this interval between his departure and the parousia that our Lord refers when he speaks of quote a little while in the quote is evident from the two considerations: first, because he distinctly states that he is going to the Father, which shows that he and his absence relates to the period subsequent to the ascension. And secondly, because if the, ep- the epistle to the Hebrews, because in the epistle to the Hebrews, this same period, is a, the interval between our Lord's departure and his coming again is expressly called a little while. For yet a little while, and he that is coming shall come, and will not tarry. Hebrews 10.37 Here again we are constrained to protest against the forced and unnatural interpretation of this passage. In John 16.16 By Dr. Alfred. Alfred, quote, the mode of expression he observes is purposely enigmatical, enigmatical, I don't know what I'm trying, I know what I'm trying to say, I can't say, enigmatical. <laughs> enigmatic, nag, enigmaticable, enigmatic, enigmatic, enigmaticable, enigmaticable. I can't say it. My tongue won't move. Enigmaticable, Anyways, the uh, Greek and the Greek not being so uh, so not being co- coordinate. Uh, coordinate the first referring to the physical the second also the spiritual side the Greek ye shall see began to be fulfilled in the resurrection then received its main fulfillment at the day of the Pentecost and shall be its final accomplishment at the great return of the Lord's hereafter remember again that in all these prophecies we have a perspective of continuity unfolding f- fulfillments present to us. Quote. Conceive an act of vision, quote, ye shall see, end quote, divided into three distinct operations, each separated from the other by a long interval, and the last still uncompleted after the lapse of 18 centuries. And this is the face of our Lord's express declaration that it was to be, quote, in a little while, end of quote. This is not criticism, but mysticism. So artificial and intricate an explanation could never have occurred to the disciples, and it is surprising that it should have occurred to any sober interpreter of scripture. But even the disciples, though at first perplexed about quote, a little while, and they, quote, soon fully comprehended our Lord when he said, quote, I come forth in the, from the Father, and I come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. John sixteen twenty eight. Supplement this by three other words of Jesus, and we have the substance of his teaching respecting the parousia. Uh, Quote, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where where I am, there ye may be also. End of quote, John 14.3. And then next quote is, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. End of quote, John uh, 14.18. And the next quote, a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, in a little while, ye shall see me. John 14.16, the language is incapable of conveying thought with accuracy if these words do not affirm that the return of our Savior to his disciples was to be speedy. And that's, so I'll quit there. The next one will be St. John to live till the Perusia. <clears> the <throat> question is, too, is if he conquered Satan, why all the misery and suffering of his day?
0: Yes, indeed. Is it a contradiction, or is it once again a misunderstanding on our part?
1: Has demonic Possessions truly been conquered, well what you see on the internet and that kind of thing says no. what I see personally in my life and my life, uh
0: highly questionable and again, who knows do we really know what we're talking about well.